welcome to the Everything Theatre podcast, brought to you by Everything Theatre, a theatre review and interview website covering more than just London Fringe Theatre. Each week we'll bring you interviews with some of the best that Fringe Theatre has to offer. We'll talk to theatre makers about new shows, hear about the art of making the plays, talk about some of the wonderful venues you may never have heard of before. In short, we will chat Everything Theatre and what makes it tick. So let's dive straight in and hear what today's episode has to offer. I'm with Gavin Dent and Neil Shepherd. Um, They're from Rising Tides Theatre Company, who are currently putting on Good Cop, Bad Cop 26 Festival at the Space um, Space Arts Centre. It's to run coincide with the COP26 conference in Glasgow about climate change. Neil, Gavin, love to meet you both. Want to introduce yourself and tell us a little about yourself from Rising Tide. Hi, it's lovely to meet you, Rob, too. Hey, Rob, lovely to meet you. Uh, yeah, we're Rising Tides. Uh, Neil is an artistic director and creative producer, and I'm a company manager. And uh, both directors, both producers, we essentially are, it's a two-man, it's a two-man show, isn't it, Neil? And um, except for when, of course, we have like wonderful events like this, when we uh, engage with new artists to create new work. Okay, and then, so you're putting on Good Cop, Bad Cop. What what the festival's going to be sort of focusing on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, from tomorrow, we've got the COP26 Summit up in Glasgow, as a theatre company that is artistically engaged with the climate crisis, it just seemed right to think about how important this moment is, to be honest, in our, in our history. Because if we don't solve this, we will become extinct. We, ha- we were set up in 2014 to think about artistically what we can contribute towards the climate crisis and the future of humanity and therefore we have put on a festival because that's what creatives do and without um, making fun of that we've got some amazing writing We've got, um, we're opening tomorrow as recording, but maybe tonight as of listening. We've got Less to the Earth, which is possibly the largest creative project of people from politicians to creatives to individuals, etc., writing letters to the earth and recording, therefore, their concerns for what our futures can be so we've got a night on monday the first of november looking at that on tuesday the second of november our second night is a film 2040 which is also well i i I guess it's film slash documentary but it's an amazing film that looks at the positive side of how we can actually deal with this there's so much doom and gloom in lots of media and lots of tv shows and films etc but this really does address um that we do have the opportunities we do have the abilities 
And honestly, it's an amazing film. And if you can't make your way to the space, then watch it on live stream. And it's 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 amazing. Wednesday, we start um, the six nights over the two weeks of Accidental Birth of an Anarchist, which I'm directing and we'll talk in more detail about later. Um, but it's an amazing play by Luke Offield and it, it looks at two novice anarchists who are who've made their way onto an oil rig and are making a protest. But it really does explore when is this protest? When is this terrorism? When is this activism? And actually, what does activism mean? But there's huge amounts of humour there. So hopefully that will, if you come and see it, make you question those. Then in the middle of the festival, we have Evidence, which uh, one of the plays Gavit is directing. And what we've done is we put together what we would call climate experts, as in those that, like we've got a climate economist, we've got a climate scientists, we've got climate activists, climate academics, and we've got a whole load of what we would consider experts to work with really strong playwrights to come up with short pieces that we're showing over a whole night. It's giving them voice because most of the time they're writing papers or they're delivering statistics or they're talking on media or whatever but they don't necessarily have the opportunity to to touch people's hearts and that is the whole point of the arts getting involved and connected with this is that the arts have an ability to engage people emotionally and it's the emotion that gets people to act and gets people to rethink and gets people to change their behavior. And I think that is the largest reason for the arts to get involved with the transition that we're facing. Lastly, we've at the weekend, we've also got children's workshops on climate change issues. We've got Extinction Rebellion coming and doing art blocking and Samba Band. Um, talks on local issues around the London area, such as the Silvertown Tunnel and changing a bank, etc. But it, and and I can't believe I nearly forgot this. We've got two amazing bands, Isaila and PMKS, who are performing. Both bands are really they they've been making music based on the climate issue and it's 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 not preaching it's really you can dance to this i've danced to it in my bedroom seriously like it's really like come and come and listen it, it really is adding to this festival so this is sort of two uh, sort of two weeks of a lot of collaboration then so it's not just rising tides you're you're just sort of bringing it all together yeah so essentially, I think we've got something like 38 creatives, musicians, artists, playwriters, actors, directors making, you know, essentially Neil and I re- had a play and thought we, we could put the play on. A couple of years ago, we had a, a double bill where we put um, two plays on over two weeks. And obviously COP, COP26 is coming up and we thought, well, let's engage as many people as we can. So it, we essentially wanted to put a short Matt play on uh, fest, um, kind of projects on. So we've engaged with new writers 
we've wanted to put a, a, a full length play on and and then obviously we thought well there's a lot of gaps here and so we thought well let's get some music and it's kind of you just kind of start to pick things up you know like a, and, and think well that, let's put it all let's do workshops and we basically wanted to showcase what we could do as a, as a company hence the workshops which we go into schools and do hence engaging with new artists and making new work and uh you know and, and the hope is that the, the festival will, will live on you know in, in regards to making the short plays become realized as full lengths and and whatnot so this, this is much more than just you know a couple of weeks of evening shows then as you're having a lot more go on around the, the sort of the shows and that a hundred percent i i've like some of some of the Previously, when, when we first started, we had some short format plays that we were able to win some Arts Council funding for and turned into uh, full length plays after an R&D period. And that's what we'd like to do now, I think, with these short plays is what's really beneficial is that you know, the commitment at the start is, is quite short. I think we gave writers something like 30 days. They met with a, a climate professional Back, back into you know me and Neil met on a short theatre fest, uh, festival actually where I think we had how long do we have Neil like like four hours to direct a play or something yeah. like that you know so you know we took to that culture that's also where we met Mike and you know we've had um, you know writers with uh, climate experts giving them a short time to to meet about an hour giving them 30 days to write it and probably everyone's had about one week to two weeks to direct it that's the start of the story and Hopefully, once we get the audience reaction, we can we can move on to develop them. The, the, the festival has come about because copies now, like this, this really is the tipping point. I mean, we've passed many tipping points um, environmentally, but now is vital as to what our various leaders do. And unfortunately, so many of us individuals don't, feel like we have a voice and the arts it's really important that we do have a voice because historically and politically the arts always have made a difference and that's what we're trying to do now with this festival we're giving voice to playwrights who have been connection with um, experts as we have identified them with evidence we've been developing a, a really long play with, with, with Luke we've been doing climate drama workshops with children we're showing films we're reading letters from people from all over the world like this is the moment because if we don't get this right we're not dealing with, oh, will we have something similar to what life is like right now in the future? Or will we have something that's worse? We're going to be dealing with, will we have something worse or will we not even exist? Or how much power do you think theatre has in making change or at least making people sit up and listen and think about, what we can do well yeah i mean uh, i mean i guess not just theater but i guess story you know i think one of the things that we're looking at here is you know we're putting on films because we know film uh, as, as a medium communicates to people we're putting on theater because that is a medium and we're also putting on you know a, a couple of bands you know there are there are lots of ways to in, engage you know and i think that you know fear it, it's story that has that is that's gonna uh, engage with people and that, I mean, one of the most exciting things when we speak to experts, for example, you know, we spoke to Dr. 
uh, Ray Ward, who, uh, you know, he's an academic at Brighton and, you know, partners him with uh, Mike Carter. And he was excited because, you know, maybe what he does, people don't understand or even know what he's, you know, the kind of role that he's playing in this kind of environmental crisis. And now suddenly it's a play and that play is going to perform to people. And that's a great, you know, a great thing, isn't it? That we're able to, you know, represent the kind of things that are happening to, you know, to kind of stop the climate crisis or at least kind of slow it down, giving it a story, giving it a place and then allowing an audience to understand, wow, okay, this is, this is, this is important, this is happening and how it affects me. So, you know, that's, that, that's our role. So not the silent majority, but the silent professional, the silent climate, you know, uh, expert, or even just anyone's story. I think that, that's, what, that's what we can do through theatre. I think your question, my answer is it's all about communication. And that is what the arts do. And it doesn't matter whether it's theatre or film or music or visual arts or sculpture or any of the different arts forms. Every one of them is about communicating to an audience. And therefore, there's no question as to how important that is when it comes to our possible extinction or survival. Like, um, I, I, I feel there's no question about how can the arts support, you know, the, the, the arts absolutely engage people emotionally. They, um, you know, they're, 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 there's, there's lots of um, puts by academics and experts and scientists, etc. that people don't engage with because it's all about words and it's about figures. But by putting things into an artistic theatrical setting, then you can touch the heart. And, and to be honest, that is what this festival is about. And also what Rising Tides as a company is about is touching the heart. I guess as well, like art records time, doesn't it? I always kind of think about Oedipus, you know, and the Sphinx. You know, if that's not about climate change, then, like, tell me something, you know, then you know, it's about, you know, so I think that what we're trying to do is, you know, capture this moment. That's why it's so important that we're doing it, at COP, you know, in line with the COP. What is happening now, you know, and um, I think Neil, I mean, you, you were talking, we were talking earlier about, you know, Neil's working on, because it's current, it's I'm sure it's changing, there's script changes because it's just happening in the news. And I think one of the things that we find interesting about Rising Tides is there's so many subject matters about climate change, there's so many stories, so many conflicts. I don't think you can get a bigger conflict, can you, than, you know, capitalism and mother nature. I mean, that is the biggest conflict of all, you know, of our, and the most important conflict. So. You know, and that, that's the story that we're trying to tell. And it, it, it's, it, it's both exciting and scary. And I think that when, when you're kind of recording this uh, kind of, uh, you know, or documenting or telling stories about the climate, you know, it, you know, it definitely affects me on, on another level. You know, you, 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 for example, have a conversation about a story and realise, well, that story has been informed by an expert like evidence. You think, well, God, this is real. Like, so we're not talking about make-believe here. This is a real subject. It's going to affect me, affect my children. And it, you know, and that's, that, that's a worry. And that's, I think, our role as a company is to, to capture these stories and retell them and communicate them to, to, to audiences. Do you think it's vital to find a way to appeal to a younger audience as well, to bring in a younger audience, obviously, because they are the ones who are going to sort of obviously yeah. be much more involved in clearing up this mess? I think, yeah, I, I'll take the first part of that question. I, I think that's our beauty of our relationship with the space. I think the space probably 
one of the best uh, venues in London. Neil and I have got a, a relationship with them uh, separate. I think the beauty of what, uh, what Adam and, and Matty do is they work with and support new theatre makers. And, you know, we've engaged with uh, writers, uh, especially for evidence. You know, we wanted to engage with uh, writers that had a relationship with the space. And I think that's one of the strengths of that project that we're working with new theatre makers to give them an opportunity to create work. And I think the space is an accessible venue that gives, you know, there's no kind of, no, it's not an unfair kind of uh, relationship where you think you've got the responsibility of raising a certain amount of money to get your show on. You can get your show on and focus on your show. And I think that's why our relationship with the space has blossomed so much that, we, that we're able to put a festival on like this and it's engaging and accessible. And I think that's one of the interesting things about theatre and the climate conversation or and the climate crisis, crisis is, how accessible is it? And I think that's what that we can kind of measure with a theatre production, you know. And uh, yeah, we've mentioned the space, which obviously is a venue that gets mentioned quite a lot of everything theatre. So we are doing there quite a lot. So you've been involved with them. You've been involved with helping them change and sort of make themselves more green, sort of make themselves more environmentally friendly. Yeah. We initially started getting involved with, um, I guess, environmental issues about two years ago when Let's to the Earth started. I, I've personally been performing and directing bits and pieces of the space for the last decade. But I think I'm right in saying it was about two years ago that Let's to the Earth and Culture Declares first started. And we had a night at the space reading various letters and then having an open communication with the audience as to what their reaction was to those. I kind of think that was probably the first time that we, we had that communication with an audience. And since then, we've, we've done our double bill two years ago and, and we've now got our, our festival. But ever since, um, I'm guessing it's 2014, I might be wrong, but ever since then, the space has, I'm sure, through their own desires, I'm not saying that we're dictating anything, but we've been helping them to how can they make the venue more green? So that can be... um, uh, their waste disposal, their plastic, disp- their disposable plastic in, in their bar, etc. And that can also be things like we introduced uh, digital programs rather than printed programs that not only costs money and uses up resources as in paper, but also there's waste involved there and you know kind of qr codes for for digital programs are much more environmentally friendly and we we've enjoyed a huge partnership with them on that and i'm sure we will and in fact i'm very confident we will have a a longer partnership in finding other ways of making that venue we can put forward to other venues as to how they can be more ecological yeah, and um, say so I know, say so we have a lot of involved in the space, and the digital program is a really interesting one. I'm seeing that more and more actually across all theatres now, 
it's something it used to be. I mean, not two or three years ago, you'd go and you'd always you'd be given a handout at the door at least. Whereas now it's more a case of, as you say, QR code or even just an email now. So it's great. Um, accidental birth of an anarchist, which is obviously the central point of this, is about two sort of activists who go onto a North Sea rig. Then is is it supporting direct action, or is I mean, direct action is something that obviously we're probably going to see a lot of in the next couple of weeks. Is it something? You you say you will support, or you know, it's obviously it's not so black and white, is it? But direct action, your thoughts on direct action on a personal level, and deeply bear in mind that I've directed and um, supported the development of accidental birth of an anarchist, non-violent direct action. I absolutely support. We have seen the um, achievements. Or whether it be Great Britain being the first or the UK being the first country in the world to declare a climate emergency, whether it be introducing the conversation about climate issues over the last two years. Don't, don't get me wrong, I completely appreciate that it has made a lot of people very angry when they've been unconvenienced. But, however, I don't think we would be where we are right now. And I also don't, don't think the UK would be a global leader if Extinction Rebellion or Insulate Britain or any other activists would exist. There's definitely ways to, to how that should be done. And what is amazing about the play that Luke Offfield has written is that it really looks at the question as to, well, what is non-violent? What isn't non-violent? What justifies action and what doesn't justify action? And it's done in a really humorous and enjoyable way. And I hope that, therefore, audiences leave it genuinely thinking... Well, I used to think that that was okay, but now I'm not. Or I used to think that was unacceptable, but now maybe it is. Um, and that's the whole point, well, of drama in general, is is to put forward that debate. Yeah, and I do you think, I mean, that is the same, that goes back to what's about theatre's role in making change. Do you think it is about making sort of getting the right audience in to walk away thinking about it and then hopefully they go off and make their little changes and encourage others trickle down effect well that is root theater is about entertaining i mean that's the immediate thing mm. theater is about entertaining so that's either about making people laugh or making people cry but it should leave people with a question and that's why I'm definitely confident that Accidental Birth of an Anarchist does. It leaves you questioning what your reality or what your thoughts were before the play started. You can entertain. I mean, that isn't sort of the, the perfect thing is to entertain and educate at the same time, isn't it? If you, if you can get the two together, then you're really on the way, aren't you? Yeah. Um, and after this festival, what's, what's next for Rising Tides after this festival? We've we've got we've got some ongoing projects. So we were collaborating with uh, Cambridge Junction. So we're, we've got a climate pantomime for young audiences uh, being performed by uh, non-actors with SEND 
and also we, what we hope to do is uh, we take the short place for evidence, maybe collect some feedback and uh, support the writers to maybe realise them as, as full, full length pieces, which, which is what we'll hope to try and do. And overall, what's your confidence over the next couple of weeks with the, um, the actual COP going on? Do you think we're going to see massive chat? Do you think we're going to have progress in the next two weeks from Glasgow? I, I think, to be honest, it is. I, I'm, I'm going to be pessimistic here. I think it is unlikely that anything, uh, anything strong will come out of COP. However, what I'm absolutely loving, and I'm seeing this through social media and through my own contacts, is that there are so many organisations that are absolutely involved with this. So if COP, if our politicians come up or don't come up more importantly with what's going to make a difference there are so many community groups and artistic groups that will be absolutely fighting for this so actually yeah i am excited about cop because either it will come up with amazing solutions from all the various leaders and um governments involved or it's going to be crap, pardon my language, and we're going to have a whole load of activists, either artistic or community-based, that are going to be fighting and they're going to be coming up with other options. Yeah, so one way or another, we'll get there'll be progress either from them or from people outside who will force the issue, say, in some way or other. A lot of this is going live stream, isn't it? So even if you can't make down to the space, we can catch a lot of these shows on live stream over the next week and a half, two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so you know, obviously that's great for your, uh, you know, your climate footprint. So you don't have to travel in. Uh, you know, you can watch it from home. Know that the space have really, really kind of excelled in in presenting uh, their program on uh, a live stream option. So I think you can you can buy a ticket. You can also buy a uh, a season can you buy season tickets is it, is it a deal what, what deal have we got neil festival pass buy so festival. if you buy three tickets to different performances you'll get 25 percent off and mm. that we'd name festival pass so it's definitely uh, a wallet saver We'll definitely say what we'll do is we'll make sure all the links and everything go up on the website so people can obviously have a look at what's going on, where they can book from. Neil, Gavin, it's been an absolute pleasure. Hopefully, if we talk again in the future, we'll be able to um, discuss how successful the next two weeks have been, both for the festival and in Glasgow. Thanks a lot, Rob. Yeah, thank you so much, Rob. Um, And hey to all you viewers, get involved. It's... This really is a tipping point. Thanks so much for listening. Please check out our website at everything-theatre.co.uk where you can find reviews and past interviews that we've done. And please subscribe so you don't miss future episodes where we'll be talking to more of the amazing people who make theatre the wonderful place it is. This has been Everything Theatre. We hope you enjoyed. Yay!